Welcome to today's Community Cast. My name is Matt Morgan. I'm the pastor at Community Brookside, a new church plant in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are so blessed by your presence, and we hope that today's content will bring you joy. So this morning, I have to start out with a huge thank you for our good friend, Jeff Janes, because um, early last week, um, I got a phone call from my sister who told me that my, my grandmother had passed, and my next phone call was to Jeff Janes, because my expectation was that the funeral would be yesterday. Well, come to find out, they've put this, the funeral the day before Easter, so I just, I'm not gonna be able to make it. But Jeff immediately was like, yes, whatever you need, Matt, I'm willing to preach for you. Send me what you're thinking about, and I'll uh, you know, come up with something, it'll be great, don't worry about it. Uh, and because things didn't work out, I got an email back from Jeff, and he said, here's what I've been working on, Matt. And he sent me this awesome outline of the service, and I was like, this is perfect. So I, I took his outline, and I'm preaching a sermon based on what Jeff sent me. So I hope I do you justice in all this. Um, it, it's m- most of my content and all of Jeff's originality. So I love it. So thank you, Jeff Janes, for being willing, uh, always being willing to, to take care of our church when I'm out of town. So we are blessed to have you as a part of who we are. So I'm going to start off with a pretty odd question. And so just bear with me. Okay, you ready? Do you ever just think about donkeys? Yeah, I forgot you have a donkey. You have three donkeys. Okay, so everybody in the room except Trina, do you ever just like, hey, donkeys, right? Okay, yeah? I saw a donkey farm on Facebook. Okay, so you see donkeys in your in your timeline, okay? Guys, you are so weird. Like this is, I was expecting everybody, like I have a response in here that says, just about everybody in this room said no. So I have another question. What is wrong with you people? Yes. You get called the donkey. Okay, that's awful. Yes, Levi. Uh, I just randomly remember I trapped a donkey in a hole in Minecraft. Okay, so Minecraft, there are donkeys in Minecraft. And he, okay, Alyssa, what? Okay. You had to watch Shrek the Musical, and there's a donkey. Yeah, all right, very good. So um, why is it that, like, three people in this room don't think about donkeys? Like, wh- why, what, what is it about donkeys that keep them from being, like, cool in popular culture? For those of you who don't think donkeys are cool. Yeah, Trina's like, I love donkeys. They're the best. They're short and slow, right? What else? They are loud and relatively annoying. Yeah, what? They're smelly, true. <laughs> I love the faces that I'm seeing. They are protectors. They are. But we're not talking about the positive things. We're going to get to that, okay? Why, why is it that we don't on a daily basis go, huh, you know, donkeys, right? Like, it's, they are loyal. Okay. They're not a horse. They're not, right. So... Donkeys, friends, you may not know this, are not horses, okay? And when we think of like animals that are productive and animals that provide good for us, we don't normally just jump straight to donkeys because I think we've been conditioned to want something big and sturdy and strong like a horse. And donkeys are not that. They're short, but they are stout. So what is it about donkeys that just leave us unconcerned, right? I mean, I guess it is their smell and their awkward looks. And we don't really care about donkeys day to day, right? Most of us. 
Trina, you are the exception. Have you ever been asked, what animal would you like to be, right? No one ever says, I just, I would love to be a donkey, right? <laughs> Nobody ever says that. What would you like to be? Anybody? An otter. An otter? That's an interesting one. Yeah, what? <laughs> you you want to be your own dog. Okay. What, what would you be if you could be anything, right? A dolphin? What? A, you would, okay, all right. You're so funny. What? A snake. So usually there are like these big majestic animals like I would like to be an eagle flying over the world, right? Or we have those people who are like, I would like to be a cheetah because they're fast or a lion because they're king of the jungle or like a rhinoceros because the horn. Like there's, there's usually like big answers. No one's ever like, I'd like to be a donkey, <laughs> you know? It just, it brings a whole different image to your mind. Did you know that donkeys were integral in cultivating modern life? Did you know this? So the modern donkey, get ready, I'm going to tell you some Latin here. This is the only Latin I know because it was next to their words. The Latin name for donkey is equus asinus. <laughs> Not joking, that's really what it is. It's a descendant of a type of donkey that lived in Africa called the wild African ass, which is the equus africanus, okay? Now, you may not know this, but there are donkey skeletons that they have found in the tombs along with pharaohs that date back to more than 4600 BC. This means that they are more than 6,000 years old. These donkeys have been participating in cultivating and creating society for more than 6,000 years. And what's crazy is those skeletons clearly show signs of being used as pack animals. They're not just randomly buried in a tomb because they were, you know, revered or loved. There are pictures that we have on tombs that show that they had already made donkeys working animals. I got some pictures I'd like to show you up here. So these are on the tombs of some of our pharaohs. Like that is clearly a donkey. You can tell by the long ears, right? Let's go to the next one donkey with stuff on its back. What's the next one? These are the, the donkey vertebrae and the donkey bones that were buried in the tombs. So the other interesting thing about these Egyptian donkey skeletons is that they show clear signs of the domestic, domestication process. But what's cool is there's kind of like, the, the ones that are found in the pyramids show that their skeletons are not the same as modern donkeys. And they're also not the same as ancient donkeys. So they're somewhere in between. They show that during the, the process of uh, you know, creating the modern donkey, they have been bred and raised and treated differently in such a way that it actually causes a difference in the way their skeletons are built. Another thing you may not know is that uh, donkeys are well-suited for desert areas. They're perfectly suited to live and work in places like near the Egyptian tombs, right? Scientists believe that uh, donkeys were integral in creating cities like Babylon and ancient Syrian cities all over the countryside. All throughout the Middle East, donkeys were used to help build civilization. And here in America, donkeys actually helped civilize and modernize our country too. They were vital in logging and the creation of railroads and especially involved with the creation of the Erie Canal. So I've got a couple more pictures I want to show you here. So along the Erie Canal, there was what was called a towpath on each side and donkeys were actually used to drag boats 
up and down the Erie Canal. They would throw a rope to somebody who was towing and the donkeys would drag them up and down the canal. These tow paths were designed to allow pack animals on both sides to go two different directions. And even stranger than that, let's go into the next one. You can see this is a real life picture, not just a painting of donkeys. And some of these donkeys were actually mules. They were bred with... Well, they're a breed of donkey and cross between a donkey and a horse. So. so here's what's crazy. Even today, in modern day world, donkeys are still being used to create society. So let's check this out. In India, they use donkeys right now, and here's what's crazy, to build skyscrapers. Does that make sense to you? It doesn't, does it? but it makes sense to them. Keep going, because they will take these donkeys inside the buildings and they're used to haul um, something like 30 kilograms or more of, and if I knew how to do the conversion, I would tell you what that is, but it's like a lot of pounds of sand and material and they go up the stairs rather than having to set up cranes in these very, very compact urban areas. And so donkeys are used right now to create society and make things more modern. They're valuable, and they've always been valuable throughout human history. But I'm going to tell you right now, maybe there has never been a more valuable delivered cargo than the donkey we're going to talk about today. So this morning, we're picking up where we left off in the book of Mark. So we left off last week as we see Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. And today on Palm Sunday, we're going to read together the scriptures that set the stage for what happens during this week. So you're going to find that in Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. You guys are more than welcome to turn if you've got a Bible. Um, You can make some notes in it, or you can follow along on the screen. So I invite you guys to read along. Here's what Scripture says for us this morning. It says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing to untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches as they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he, sorry, blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the 12. This is a story that I know that we're familiar with, right? The entrance into Jerusalem. It's called the triumphal entry of Jesus, right? Or Palm Sunday, where they they ripped branches off of trees and laid them in the street. They were waving them, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. We know the story. All the gospels have a version of this story. But Mark's is a little bit different. And we have to dig into it, right? So let's start by talking about Jesus, which I think is always a good place to start. So Jesus was leading them to Jerusalem and we knew that he was leading them to Jerusalem ever since chapter 10, verse 32, when Jesus last predicted his death. Guys, we've got to go to Jerusalem and there the son of man is going to give everything he has to make sure you know that you're loved to change the world and to bring salvation, right? He tells them this. 
And it says that Jesus was leading the way. It wasn't that he was following reluctantly to go to his death. Jesus was leading the way to what he knew was going to be his last breath. And scripture tells us in that moment that the disciples were in awe and Jesus' followers were afraid. Awe and fear are two very interesting reactions, right? Can you imagine the way that Jesus might have been feeling in this moment? Knowing that he was leading his way to his own death in Jerusalem, Jesus must have been feeling some probably pretty mixed feelings, right? Knowing that he was going to suffer, not just a a regular death. He wasn't just going to be, you know, shortly tortured and then murdered. Jesus was going to hang on a cross for a long time. He was going to die of asphyxiation and he was going to die of dehydration. Jesus was going to suffer some pretty terrible things but he knew the price was worth it. He would be giving his life for the redemption of the entire world for you and for me. And guys, we, we, don't, we don't even deserve it. While he knew the pain would be unbearable, Jesus did it anyway because he loved us that much. And I'm also sure that Jesus was thinking about how his disciples still didn't get it, right? Even up to the time where Jesus was resurrected, you can hear over and over and over again the stories of the disciples questioning. What does he mean by come back to life? What does he mean after three days he's going to be resurrected? I don't get it. That doesn't even make sense. They still didn't know that they had to put other people first, that the kingdom of Jesus didn't look like Jesus coming as a a reigning king. He didn't come to kick out the Romans and and be strong and be, be worshiped at that time. Jesus came as a servant. And he expected the disciples to do the same thing. And even on the way to Jerusalem, James and John said, hey, I want to be at your right and I want to be at your left. Can we be like your your right-hand guys? Can we be those guys in your coming kingdom? And Jesus says, you guys, you still don't get it. This is after three years of ministry, eating, sleeping, drinking, partying, laughing, loving, healing. Jesus had done all that with them and they still didn't fully get the message of Jesus. And then you got to think about Jesus telling his disciples, all right, two of you guys, I want you to go into this town and you're going to find a donkey that's never been ridden, a little colt, a young donkey. Go ahead and grab it and just, just bring it right back, right? Can you imagine, like, the, just the response, right? We'll talk about that here in a minute. But Jesus says, go find this donkey, untie it, bring it here, and if anybody asks you about it, just say the Lord needs it. You guys ever tried that before? Like, hey, I really like this car. Guys, the Lord needs it. I don't suggest it. That's a great way to go to prison. Don't do it. And then the disciples come back and they throw the cloaks over the top of this unridden donkey. And it says Jesus sits on it and starts riding it into Jerusalem. Okay, have you guys ever tried to sit on an unridden horse or donkey before? Trina, where are you at? Where's Trina? Yeah, what? Yeah, I mean, are you talking about an unbroken? Unbroken, yeah. Un- I guess unbroke is the right word. I just, it's weird coming out of my mouth, unbroke. Have you? No, no, but I mean, I've ridden a lot of horses. Okay. My brother is very much a cowboy, and he very much used to break horses for a living. And I got to tell you, it's some of the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. To get on a wild horse or an unridden donkey 
would be like taking your own life in jeopardy, right? Because they go crazy. They don't know what's going on. They start bucking and jumping and sometimes flip over on their backs to crush whatever is on their back. And Jesus goes, puts some cloaks on a donkey, and then he sits on it and rides into Jerusalem. There was something about Jesus that was different that made this donkey okay with the Son of God sitting on its back. It's a very interesting move here. So now that we've talked about Jesus, we got to start talking about what happened in the village, right? So could you imagine just hanging out in your barn or by your house, maybe you're sweeping, and then all of a sudden, two dudes show up and they're like, hey, I got to take this donkey. <laughs> who, who does that, right? What kind of trusting person do you have to be in order to let two random strangers take your donkey just because they say the Lord needs it? And yet the people in the village say, Okay. It's a very interesting place to be. Could you imagine doing that with somebody? Like, hey, I need to borrow your riding lawnmower. Not a chance, right? And yet this villager, this person, these people who happen to be near this doorway say, okay, good luck. We'll see you later. Just whenever you're ready, bring it on back. And the disciples. The disciples play an interesting role in this story because Jesus calls two of them. It doesn't tell us which ones, right? So it could have been any of them, probably Bartholomew, right? Let's, let's just say Bartholomew finally has a role. <laughs> so he calls two of his disciples together and he says, go into the village, find the donkey, and then just bring it back. So could you imagine like the walk that these disciples had to take together and the conversations that they might have been having? Wait, did, did Jesus really just ask us to steal a donkey? And then when they hear Jesus say, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. Just tell people that the Lord needs it. Sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? Just tell them Jesus sent you, right? Sounds like a used car commercial. Just tell them Jesus sent you and we'll just send it right back. Could you imagine the conversation they had walking? So I guess we're going to go into town and take a donkey. It's not ours. We'll, we'll go ahead and steal it. They gotta be asking what in the world Jesus is doing because they know, they've heard that Jesus is on his way to the cross. Why is he taking this donkey? Why are we not getting a horse? A horse is traditional. They still, to this moment, expected Jesus to be coming as the conquering king, to kick out the Romans, to restore justice, to restore the throne of David. And they knew a battle was coming. But they didn't know the battle that was coming was a spiritual one. There was a lot to ponder, and the disciples had plenty of time to walk while they were searching for this cult, I imagine. I got to imagine, like, on their way in, they were worried, where are we going to find this thing? Like, are we going to have to search pretty hardcore for this thing, or what? But this morning, we can't keep talking about Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem without talking about the donkey. It's a perspective, I think, that we often overlook and forget. So the donkey had never been ridden before, so it would have had no idea what was coming. But the crazy thing is, is like this donkey was there in the right spot at the right time to answer the call of Jesus to serve his purpose in bringing the kingdom of God to fruition right then. So this donkey might have expected that it would be carrying heavy loads at some point because it probably saw other donkeys with giant things strapped to their back. They were beasts of burden. That's what they were used for. 
But instead, this little fella didn't carry straw or food or supplies. Instead, this little guy carried the Son of God, the Messiah, God's anointed one. And we know that's who he was carrying because we, we heard Peter declare that just a few chapters before. Jesus was the Messiah and there were expectations with Messiah. He was supposed to be that new king. He was supposed to be riding a horse. He was supposed to be showing up with a, a sword ready to fight the Romans. So this donkey probably never expected to play a role in the coming kingdom of God. But instead of all that, Jesus was riding into Jerusalem on the back of an untrained, young baby colt. This donkey was in the right place at the right time, and he was chosen to do something spectacular. And you know, you've always heard about how donkeys, like some of the reputation is donkeys are stubborn, right? They could be really stubborn. If you want to try to convince a donkey to do something a donkey wasn't, doesn't want to do, it just isn't going to happen. But instead, this donkey is willing. And Jesus gets on the back of this colt, and the world has changed. This donkey, as small as a story as it has, played a major role in the redemption of the world. It would be the bearer of Christ into the city where Jesus would give his whole life for us. And maybe, as weird as it sounds, God is calling us to be a little bit like that donkey today, to be willing to be used by God, to be willing to be broken for God, to be willing to be in the right place at the right time, and to just sometimes say yes. Maybe God is calling us to be ready to serve wherever the moment arises. And we have to be willing to work for the kingdom and be willing to be humble. When we allow God to use us, we're going to make a difference in the world that God is asking us to make. We have to make ourselves available for the Holy Spirit to use us. And sometimes that means we have to make space to God, for God to work. We have to lay our own pride and our own wants and desires down to let God work in and through us to change the world. We need to be like this little donkey in that we need to join Jesus on whatever journey he takes us. We have to be willing to go wherever he leads and let Jesus take the reins of our lives because Jesus is never going to lead us into a place where we need to worry because Jesus loves us enough to take on the cross for us. So as weird as it sounds, friends, maybe today and always, let us live like this little donkey and let us be willing to take Jesus to the world. Thank you so much for joining us on today's Community Cast. We hope that you were blessed by today's conversation. If you'd like to know more about Community Brookside, please feel free to visit us at our website, communitybrookside.com, or find us on your favorite social media outlet. We hope to hear from you soon. Be blessed.